You are a part of the lucky 10,000 with your host, Evan. Hey guys, this is Evan with the Lucky 10,000, yet again bringing you another special episode. Uh, we did an episode with Jason Farr talking about uh, race and all the stuff that's going on in the world today and how it affected him, and it was so cool to get a perspective that I didn't have from someone that I know and respect very much. And I think initially I was just thinking it would be a one-off, but after seeing some things, after seeing all a lot of my minority friends expressing their feelings so well about all this on social media, I figured, why not make it a regular thing? So we're going to be doing our regular season on Famous Battles from History. Uh, we may have a couple episodes up by then. I'm not sure, because um, we're only about halfway done recording those. But I'm going to sprinkle these in. I've got a few more people I would like to talk to. Uh, but I have a definitely a perspective that I think a lot of people aren't hearing enough of these days today on the show. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to him is because he arranged this great panel recently for people of color in the arts locally. And it was it was a great watch. I heard a lot of things that uh, I hadn't thought of. I heard a lot of people really brimming with compassion and passion, but also understandably a lot of anger and a lot of voices for change. So uh, I would like to welcome this voice onto the Lucky 10,000, Christopher Parker. Thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, it's 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 been an interesting time. Uh, interesting is a good word for it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> so, very interesting. You know, and, and I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate you being honest and being brave. And that's, I think, unfortunately, these days, that's what it is, is talking about this kind of stuff is brave. But... There's always some, we've known each other for a few years and you've always had a very I don't want to say chipper because that sounds condescending but <laughs> you've always been a very up energetic person even when you hosted that panel you were very positive and I'm wondering is that harder to come by these days for you Um I you know I think for the first time in my life where I've actually I have had a lot of questions in my life, you know, especially regarding race and, you know, where I stand on my belief and all that. You know, I, I would say during this time, I, I think I'm, st I'm still very positive. Um, I'm right. very I've always been someone that's, you know, find the positive in a situation. And then, you know, quite frankly, what 2020 has been has not been very positive, no. but I have not <laughs> let that affect my morale was that one of the reasons all? you got that panel together was just to sort of show people that you know there there is some positivity that can come of all this yeah um definitely um you know i so one of the reasons that that you know panel came up with me was that i just i have a i have a lot of um a lot of thoughts and a lot of situations and a lot of um, race related issues um, around the city and right. not that like the city has any, I, I told someone the other day, like Greenville's theater um, area, the upstate, we don't have a racial issue. We have more of a misrepresentation educational issue. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good point. Yeah. And so I, it was one of those things I just, it was, it was like a Monday and I just remember seeing like Facebook, everybody was just so angry and just so upset and all i could think of was about um 
how I felt, you know, in the theater community as far as like my race and how my position, my position is and like, you know, my storytelling, how my experience been. Um, and I thought it was very important to have a conversation because I saw a lot of my white theater friends, I mean, basically like begging for answers. They, yeah. you know, no one really knew what to do, what to say. They just kind of reposted what something that, you know, they think they agreed with. And, um, and I knew that the theaters were in a very hard, uh, place too. Um, and the part, part of me started kind of, I hate to say it, I got kind of frustrated with the, our theater community because no one really said anything yet. And it was like very concerning because I was like, for me, I'm like, I know that that next time that you guys do that one black show, that means that one black character, you're going to be, my phone's going to be ringing. Right. And you know, I, I want to feel that you have our support. You might not necessarily know what to say, but I just want to see that support. And, you know, instead of becoming, angry um i like to you know there's like this joke around the black you know community especially in theater like that angry black person i didn't want i didn't want the that people support coming from uh a place from uh angry black person saying theaters where you at i want to come more of a like let's have a conversation let's let's do talk about this because the really reality is i've been part of this amazing theater you know world in Greenville and the Spartanburg Anderson area for nine years now. And I have had, you know, all my own personal conversations with people saying, well, why can't we have more diversity? Why can't, you know, we do a black show. And it's always, the answer's always been, well, we don't have the people or it won't sell. That's always been the answer. And I think we've, you know, tragically someone had to die for us to move past that answer and for us to actually have a conversation for theaters to actually think about it. Um, Are you hearing from people now since that conversation that are like, you know what? I think you're right. I think, I think, I think we've been wrong about how we approach this. I mean, theaters aren't running right now. So, you know, I don't know how that conversation can be had, but have you gotten any feedback from people that are like, I think there's a way to do this the way you guys are talking about. Yeah, I think um, I, I've gotten, I mean, literally every single theater that's here in Greenville has reached out to me, um, even oh, if it's with a, great. a thank you or, you know, every across the board, everyone has said, I have learned such so much and have a bigger um, perspective than I thought I had, um, which is like, I mean, that's to me, that's just really cool. Um, and, you know, I knew uh, and not necessarily like all my friends knew, but I just knew that our leaders just really didn't know. They had no idea. And when we get to do that one show, you know, if it's Hairspray, Dreamgirls, whatever it is, they they feel like they have done it. And I'm like, right. eh, thank you. Congratulations. But then now you got we got to wait another three years before someone does something like that again. And, um, but across the board, um, there's a couple of theaters, you know, Mike from Warehouse has, um, set up a private forum for a lot of black artists and board members and directors to kind of like chat to keep, you know, he really wants to know the meat, like what is going on? Like, what can we do? Where have we missed a mark? Um, and so that's like, will be like more of a very more open, honest conversation. Um, but I mean, a lot of, I think it was uncomfortable, but it was good. And it was, I mean, it was so well received. And I just remember it took me like, honestly, a week for it to hit for me because when we did this, uh, you know, you just don't know what the reaction is going to be. Right. <laughs> you know, especially after hearing for so many years that, oh, shows don't sell, we don't have the people or the audience won't come, you know, see a black show. 
you just didn't know like what the response was going to be. And I just remember when we logged on to go live, it, I think it hit like a hundred or something. Like, I mean the first 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that. Like, what is happening right now? And we stayed consistent with about 80, 85 people throughout. Um, but I think the conversation has started. Um, I have a, you know, I'm, I think people are kind of mostly waiting for, you know, the part two of things to happen, but I'm definitely waiting and wanting to see people like keep the conversation going. Right. Um, because I mean, it is, you know, I think it is, it's, it's very important to me, um, for that to happen. And I think, you know, I say this very lightly, but I was out of everybody that was on that panel. I was, I've been the only one, myself and Kristen, the only one that's been here for 10 years consistently right. and have seen the change. Um, and it's, you know, I hate to say this, but I just like, as like your quote unquote token black person, I like, I want to see you make these changes. I want to, you know, help you continue these conversations because it's been important to me for so many years. And you have told me personally that you guys can't and you won't. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to see it happen. Well, and to be I, fair, you know, I've been doing theater in this area since 96 and you're right. I have seen some very positive changes. I have seen more diversity, but I think the point that you brought up that really hit home with me is the theater leaders that have come to you and been like, we thought we were doing great. And now we, we just want to know how to go forward. Cause as a, someone who considered myself a pretty liberal progressive guy, considered myself for many years an ally of gay people, you know, minorities, trans, all that stuff. It's been very eye-opening to know that there were problems right there on the surface that I might even have played a part in that I had no idea were going yeah. on. And, yeah, and you brought yeah, up yeah. an interesting point, too, in that you know, one of the one of the things that hit home with me the most watching your panel was what Tierney said about colorblind casting. I mentioned it on my podcast with Jason Farr, so if you guys go back and listen to that. But I think, you know, is is it more than just black shows or is it just not worrying so much about race when you cast a show in general? Mm hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I when I first started theater here, it was with the South Carolina Children's Theater. And I remember my first is the second show I did in that same year, and it was my first lead role ever. <laughs> um, it was Billy Go Gruff, and I remember being able to walk in a rehearsal room and just be an actor because um, Sean Simmons played Goat mm-hmm. or Gruff. He played Gruff. Um, I played Goat, and we had um, this girl Adelaide who played. She was white, and she played um, Billy. And we had Deanna Earl as um, the mother. And we were it was just like this biracial family. <laughs> like We were just chilling. You know, it's funny. We did a touring show of Charlotte's Web a couple of years ago. And Latricia played Fern. And uh, Craig played uh, her father. And yeah. uh, I, I don't – I don't think anybody even really batted an eye. I don't think the theater got any – heard anything about it if they did fuck those people but right <laughs> you know i think there is a place for that i think you're exactly right and and it makes everyone feel like they're on a level playing field as a performer where you're not just there because you look a certain way yeah and and truly i th- i think a lot of um 
higher up leaders get in their heads because people truly do not care. I, right. like, people go see the theater and they, they want to be entertained. And I think that's something with this, our audiences here. We, we do have, you know, some of those like, you know, conservatives that sure. come in, they want it black and white, but a chunk of them and the chunk of them that are spending that money truly don't care. They want to come in. They want to be entertained. They want to see good talent. And that's like across the board as people say, period, right. <laughs> you know, um, it, I, I I just I don't remember what show it was that I did, but it was at the Greenville Greenville Theater, and I played a part that was not racially connected. And an audience member, she came, she literally comes up to me, she said, "I am just so happy to see that they just cast a black actor in a role that he fits in." Right. And I I just remember going like, "Oh yay!" Because you know I've just you know I've never thought about that I, I remember i just felt awkward playing a role because you know it wasn't a role that i need yeah i felt racially that i needed to play but there was no there was no racial bond to it like people I th- people just want to be entertained and i think we do have those we have the black talent that can do that um oh I think- absolutely and but that is one thing that has changed in my time here it's not just it's just talent in general so many people have oh, now gosh. come to greenville you know, they used to say it was rare in this town to find a triple threat. And now, like, every time you turn around, there's somebody else that's coming into Greenville because Greenville, I guess, is on the map now. People know where it is that can act and can sing and can dance and do all of those things very, very well. So somebody like me who, you know, can only do maybe two of those things tops, it's like it's a little scary. But I think it's it's a change that needs to happen, I think. And I think it is happening, and I think it will keep happening. But definitely guys like you and your group who don't have a problem saying it and, like, making people realize that, yeah, you know, there are still things you could do better. I think that's a great thing. Um, And I thank you for doing that. I thank you for opening my eyes to some stuff that I didn't know. But um, apart from the arts, I wanted to ask you – because I think a lot of these conversations end up getting very personal, and I don't want to cross any lines or, or make you talk about something you don't want to talk about. But you're Southern born and raised, correct? Yes, from Greenwood, and South Carolina. Greenwood, ah, cool. I think I've driven through there once. It's, um, it's not a fun drive. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? And you're now, you know, you're. How long have you been out? Um, I, I, I want to say like comfortable like with my friends since oh gosh maybe 10 years now okay ten or, or maybe it's been like eight years i think it's been eight years and how old are you 28 28 wow okay so do you remember the first time in your life that there was something said or done even in passing maybe not even meant to be cruel that made you feel like oh people kind of look at me differently um, yes, I, 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 I remember when kind of, as I say, it was testing the waters. Um, <laughs> when I was back when I was in Greenwood, I remember like kind of, feeling that I had to act a certain way around my friends that I grew up with, um, which was in the church. Um, but I, I do remember them kind of making the comment about like, um, me being like more of a sissy boy. Right. <laughs> really? I mean, I, I didn't kind of like, didn't 
quite understand what that meant at the time. Um, but I, I just remember being, it, it kind of struck me and it kind of actually still does to this day where I, I try to make sure I, uh, like don't be as feminine, like in, out in town and stuff. And I like have to like tell myself to stop. Um, but I think that was kind of the first time where I was like, oh, people might not agree yeah. with you. Um, or agree with everything that you do. Cause they, Have they talked about time, it much I, in the church that you went to? Um, I've talked to my friends that I grew up with about it. Um, I haven't really. Oh, I'm we sorry. I mean the church itself. Did they have any oh, sort of no, sermons? It, or... it was never, it was never brought up. Um, I was, I, I was, I went to one of those churches. They are very, I mean, everyone's a family. I mean, we all still talk to each other, to each other to this day. Um, even though we all don't go to the church still. Um, but it, I, they did not touch on those type subjects <laughs> at all. Was they, it kind of one of those situations where they knew they just didn't want you to bring it up? Um, yeah, um, definitely. Um, I, I always say that everyone knew. I like, I'm, I know my mom knew before <laughs> I told her. Um, you know, she, like, cause she's, I mean, she, I would like sit there and I was so fascinated. I would sit with her and watch Project One Way, and we would sit there and talk about it, and you know, I would critique with her, and she was just, you know, joining the conversation with me. And I like, you could kind of tell in her face when I was younger, like, uh oh, this is not me. <laughs> <laughs> like, here we go. Um, but it, it, as far as the church, it, it wasn't. I think people. I don't even want to say new. I just think they were just hoping not. Right. Um, but and, you know, it is possible to be an effeminate man and straight. They're out yeah. there. Oh, I've met a few of them. And in compound, compound that with the, you know, we just, we just celebrated, uh, Juneteenth yesterday <laughs> and, uh, this is pride month. Yes. Um, how does that make you feel and how does that make you reflect on your life and what you've been through when, when both those things are converging in such a weird time? Yeah. Um, I actually was talking to my mom about this earlier today where I, I've always, my mom, we grew up not, I mean, truly not seeing color and not seeing people being different. It's just like something, you know, my mom just never preached on it. She just never talked about it. Um, and I, this is probably, you know, the pride has you know, kind of grown in the past couple years. Um, but this year it, it is so different for me because I think finally I'm realizing the amount of freedom that we have. And, um, and I, even thinking about five years, how, like how uncomfortable I was in my skin as a black man and a gay man. Right. Um, I think, yeah, we still have a long way to go, but we have so much to celebrate. And I think that's kind of, that's where I am now, especially like on Juneteenth. I'm like, wow, I am literally scrolling through Facebook and I'm seeing proud gay men and proud black people just, you know, celebrating each other. Um, and for me, I think I have to sit back and just really, kind of be thankful and then you know that you know i've been on the path that i am but also um just i don't know i'm in a very different place 
this year than I was last year because now I'm a lot more understanding because I've been listening right. um, to people and, you know, just my own experience. Um, I, I, gratefully, I have not been really discriminated against as far as being a gay man. Um, but I think it's just the people I'm always around. Uh, I worked for Chick-fil-A for eight years and <laughs> – I know, ironically, um, but it was never um, as the one place that you think you, people would think that it would be kind of an issue. It never, it never was. I worked at Chick Fil A of Easley, which is like, you know, I hope there's no Easley people out there, but I just call it a redneck country. They really are. But you know, I think they would say that proudly. Yes, and those uh, they had. There's these group of guys. I always, you know, worked with the teenagers, and there's these group of guys. They had my back if I had a a boy problem. If there's someone that talked down to me, they had my back so quickly. Um, and I they knew say, that you know, being a southerner myself, born and raised in like Greer and Pelzer and Greenville, that is one thing I have noticed. I used to work <laughs> in an office building with you know a lot of people that came across as conservative anyway and we were all outside having a smoke break once and this younger guy just started talking about very some anti-gay sentiment and before i could open my mouth and i was going to uh because i especially when you get religious with it there are so many debatable points with that that it's crazy but um the two women the older women that were around me jumped on older white women jumped on him and like really yeah. took him to task for having that kind of a, an opinion. And I, I hated to feel that way, but I was like, I got to admit, I'm surprised it was you guys. Yeah. But don't you also find, and, and this is a question I have for a lot of people, that there's there's this weird thing, especially when we do get to see people's unfiltered feelings and opinions, that it's one thing to be nice to you, but it's another thing to turn around and then support something or say something publicly, because that's what I've noticed. I think there's a there's a segment of people that think, well, I'm nice to gay people when I talk to them, but then they'll support someone who opposes gay marriage or, yes. you know, I, I, I love this this black person I work with. They're great. We get along fantastically. And then they'll post all lives matter and not even try to understand mm -hmm. why that's a problem. Are you finding that as well? Oh, yeah. I you know. Facebook has made me so uncomfortable yeah. in the past couple weeks. Um, I, you know, like you know, like you said, I one of those guys that will have my back, you know, forever and ever. Oh man, like they, you know, I mean, even two weeks ago they came. I like had a car issue, and then I just like literally just called and I said I have a car issue. All four of them came. <laughs> it really only took one. I just needed a jump. They all came. They came to help me. But I'm also looking at his mom, who that I've formed a relationship with too who is basically picking on um the black lives movement right like i mean it's, it's just like she is so bothered by the black lives movement and like she um posted um oh my gosh what was it oh it was about the mural that they're doing in spartanburg and she's posted she said she wrote reposted and said oh I, i'm offended should we go riot or something oh my god and i was just like are you not thinking? Are you not like you? I know you. I'm not the only black person on your page. I know you have multiple people. I, 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 it just, I don't know. I'm just getting so uncomfortable seeing so many people be so insensitive and not try to educate themselves on what's going on or, you know, how other people may feel. I, we have a huge listening and compromise problem. Yeah. In America. Oh, I totally I, agree with that. And, you know, it's, it's like a, 
baby. I like think about like my nieces. Well, I mean, know? it is part of it is being spoiled. Part of it is, you know, when people are willing to to fight in the streets about being asked to wear a mask when to most people, that's just a minor inconvenience. Mm-hmm. But to them, it's somehow a violation of their rights. <laughs> and then they turn around and complain when people are crying about violations of their rights. It is it's it's it comes from a generation that I think I don't has hasn't really had to sacrifice a ton. Yeah. And like an inconvenience to them is now worth dying on a hill for. I mean, you talk about Chick-fil-A. I mean, I knew a guy I used to work with and when people started boycotting it, he made a point to go get Chick-fil-A and he brought it back to work and somebody said, Oh, you got Chick-fil-A? He goes, Yep, fighting the good fight. I'll never forget it. And I'm like, this Gosh. is the hill you want to die on? Like, this is the thing that you think you're fighting? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, people, they, they want to believe what they want to believe. They don't sure. want anybody else to tell them anything, you know, anything else. But I also, you know, I, 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 yeah, I play devil's advocate, you know, too. You know how, like, whenever you, um, you like if you believe something is right and someone comes and attack you and mm-hmm. tell you that you're wrong and you don't even listen and you just start like defending yourself and then like now you just sounded crazy when the whole time all you had to do is just have a conversation right i think that's what's happening on both sides where we're just like def- you know attacking attacking defending and defending and i'm like no one's listening to each other well, people like, do tend to dig in their heels when they feel like they're under attack yeah but i've also noticed that people will come at certain people in a very educational, conversational way. <laughs> and then they'll still get defensive and they'll still yes. like, att- they'll be the ones that attack first. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, if, if coming out aggressively doesn't work and if just having a conversation doesn't work, what's, what's it going to be? What's the option? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a very hard I, I just honestly don't know how to like to answer it just because it's, I, I, you know, I, I do wish that people would, especially, you know, my friend group on my Facebook is either <laughs> they, I know them for church or I know them from theater. That's right. Like just literally the two. Um, and you know, the, I'll say my church friends, they're very willing and just going to fight every little thing that's, you know, Black Lives Matters or gay rights. And you can just tell they're not even willing to try to understand or like try to see where that person is in their head. They're just, and no matter what you say to them, they're going, they're just going to fight you. They're going to throw daggers at you. And then now we're, you know, going in circles. And like, I don't know. I just, it's very, you know, kind of going back to your point, it's a very like, I don't, I've, in this past week, I, I have felt very awkward in a very hard spot, um, through all of this. Um, and I, it's kind of, kind of shut me down a little bit. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I've got, you know, my, my bread business, you better com. get yourself for bread. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't even think that I knew that. Please send me, uh, send me a link. I'll put it in the episode description. Yes, I will. Um, you know, I, but I haven't, I didn't really, I haven't sold this week because I just feel, you know, face, it, all of this has taken such a joy out of Facebook. 
yeah and out of social media um it's just like i don't i, I just don't you know i'm even though i'm very like you know I'm, I'm very prideful for all the things i've accomplished you know with the business theater you know being gay being black it's just like it's so hard to celebrate it right now because everyone is just so against each other <laughs> like, i get that i mean i've cured that problem by unfriending a lot so my feed is actually pretty nice right now. See, I wish it's just like a lot of people are friends with my mom still, and it's just you know, it's like it'll be like an episode of the Real Housewives on yeah. Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be fighting with people on Messenger. It just doesn't. Work. Well, so when somebody like you, and and I'm sure you guys can tell, uh, just from listening to this conversation, that even amidst amidst all this, Christopher still has this sort of joy and this spirit around him, but. Being that you are someone who does try to look at the positive, what do you do when you get angry? How do you, how do you deal with it? You know, I I've always I used to tell these all uh, my kids at Chick Fil A that you know when when like you have someone that comes in and they're just you know absolutely insane, they're the craziest person, and it's like just chicken. <laughs> You know, they're right. just so angry, and I've kind of lived by this my whole life. I always say that it's not that deep for me because I, I know, I know, I know my truth. I understand where I'm at, you know, in this, um, situation. Um, but also I just, I can't, even though that's like how, you know, Christopher feels, you know, at times I just like, I can't, I cannot allow myself to go to a dark place because I have let myself go to a dark place before. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it was very hard to get myself out of that. I was very um, just negative about everything. Nothing ever worked. And I've also found out from my personal life, like when I'm always just down, things just don't work out. And it's right. just like a ripple effect that happens. And then all of a sudden you're in just like a deep hole. And I just kind of refuse to go down that path anymore. Um, and so I just, you know, I've always just want to find the positive in something you know even though yes um the world is being ripped to shreds right now and um i have experiences and i have hurt as a black man i have hurt and experiences as a gay man i, I just can't i just can't go there right. there are so many positive things happening around that and that's just what i like choose to focus on um well i think that's an amazing attitude to have i i don't have it i know that and <laughs> i know a lot of other people that 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 are giving into their anger way too easily yeah um, i just you know i i mean people don't know don't know how many times i've come to rehearsals or to come to a show and i've probably just like have been crying for an hour or I just had a really bad day and I will walk through that door and I just like will, you know, it's a positive that I'm in this theater space and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah, go yeah. ahead. We haven't done on. that many shows together, but I don't recall ever seeing you and going, I think there's something wrong with Christopher. Yeah. I just like, I just don't, I, I just don't want to allow myself to go there. I, I will talk about it with, you know, sure. whoever's around who's there, but it, and it's also, you know, if, if I'm down, then and I'm in a bad mood. Like it's probably gonna make somebody else beside me in a bad mood, and they're gonna be down too. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, I and I, it might be like my ballet training too, because we're like <laughs> <laughs> the hardest teacher. Where it was like, I mean, in ballet, you have to 
it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter, like, if you were in a car accident, that point better be fierce. And, you know, <laughs> but ballet's like that. Ballet, you just, like, you have to be in the moment. And oh, I know. Still, like, I saw Black you know, Swan. I know yeah, what it's I, like. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I love taking ballet, but um, that's, that was, like, kind of my therapy then, too. But I don't know. I just... What just, would you consider your therapy now? Like just getting off of social media, baking bread, singing. What What do you do? Um, I, I just get creative. Um, yeah. It's I get creative and I talk on the phone a lot now since we're not at theater or around our friends. Um, yeah. You know, it's that's the other that's thing the, is all this happened at a time when we're at our most isolated like we've ever been in our wow. lifetimes and our generations anyway. Yeah, I you know I I like to change my frustration to creativity, um, and that's kind of where that form came from too. Um, I'm like, well, I'm frustrated right now as a black man. I'm frustrated as a black man in the theater. Like, I'm, I'm gonna let's let's talk about it. There's a way we could talk about it. So I just got creative in that well, aspect. And I seriously have to thank you for that because it inspired me to you know I'd, I'd already scheduled a time to talk to Jason on the other podcast, Jason Farr. Uh, about this and it just so happened we recorded the day after the forum and that was what really got me motivated to to think that you know there are so many other perspectives out there i i have reached out to a couple of people from that forum and they're going to be on as well um, to talk about their experiences and i think you guys what you're doing is awesome i don't want to sound patronizing at all i just i think it's it's important right now to sometimes hear the hard truths that you don't want to hear and to hear that you've not been maybe the perfect ally you could have been and to have it pointed out the way you guys pointed it out. Um, I think that was that kind of thing is going to lead to change. I really think it is. So please, please, please keep it up. Um, yeah, definitely. As someone who is into the arts, as someone who is a creative, um, what would you say are the best materials that people sort of in my position can look at to learn a little bit more? Are, is there a particular um, movie, a TV show, documentary? What? So I was actually on the phone with someone like just before this. Um, this is something, honestly, I have to educate myself on as well. Um, you know, I, Tennessee Williams, that's where I'm starting because it's just like the basics. Yeah. Um, but I, for me, I've listened um, a lot to, yeah, even though Dream Girls is great, I did not realize that it was written by white creators. I did not know that. Dude, there's so many shows that I've seen that I thought were coming from a non-white perspective and found out later that it was a show for black people written by a white person, which is fine. But another thing you guys brought up in the forum, which, which was great, was there needs to be more work readily available that people can go see that is written and directed by minorities just period yeah. mm -hmm. and, and i totally agree with that yeah and i'll like i'll be honest like i can think of like a few people but it's uh, for me as someone that is leading um been leading this you know new forum i have to i, I didn't I, let, let me tell you i learned a lot from that forum hearing from other people too because i realized how you know, I'm not that educated on knowing who um, these black um, writers and artists are. 
you know, I can tell you what show we could do, <laughs> but I couldn't like go in deep like they did. Um, well, you have to like, hit me with a show that I might not have heard of, or even just a TV show or a movie. It doesn't even have to be serious. It should just be something that 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 you love that has helped you look at things from a different angle. Yeah, so I would love to see theaters do um, Memphis. Um, it's not a fully, it's not fully a black show, but it is kind of like I say it's like Hairspray and Ragtime, but flipped where the black um, actors and actresses are on stage a lot more than the white. Um, okay. White actors, because Hairspray, the black actors were like on stage for maybe forty minutes, right? In the whole show, um, for just two and a half hours. Um, and it's kind of like the opposite of that with um, with Memphis, and Memphis is is truly showing um, it's showing black artists thrive and showing the you know the hard work that they have to go through to make something um, you know be even um, represented. It, like there's there's a truth to it. Um, it's not so much like a struggle show, but it, it like shows the hard work, like how much harder it is for um, a black artist to get the spotlight. Um, and there's like an interracial love story in there, which I, you know, which is so fascinating for me because you know I got I got to play seaweed, and it was you know seaweed and penny and hairspray they have their like thing going on, but mm-hmm. you have the crazy mom that's like oh we got black people in the house. It was a good show. Yeah, but it, you know, it was just like more comedic, and it was yeah. kind of like honestly, it, it was like touch and go. It, it wasn't very like focused on like it could have been. Um, in this storyline, it is very focused on this interracial couple basically having to um, fight for their their love for each other, and it shows like how really black people are very accepting how yeah. it's, it's a very different take where it's like these white shows you're like you can't date that black person the black show is like you better not hurt her right oh that's great i'll have to Sorry, look into that um one other point i'd like to bring up and then we can probably close the episode down that you guys brought up too about theater is that it doesn't even have to be a show about a, about black people struggling like you guys were talking about uh you know when when there are black shows that come up they're always about the struggle and the racial stuff and can't we just have a normal play it's like isn't touching on any of that right. like and and you know like the first show that popped up in my head was something like noises off where i just felt like yeah there's no reason that i've i've seen that show a few different times and it was mm-hmm. always white people and i love that show i think that show's hysterical but there is it's not about struggle it's just a fun play that people can enjoy so why it's hard because it- Really, the theaters don't even think about it. I think it's one of those things they see, hey, I'm going to do Noises Off, and then they like picture what the cast is going to look like in their head before they sure. actually take the time to see the different talent. And that's not um, also – that's not an insult leveled at any theater oh, in this town that's done gosh, that no. show. Yeah. Uh, I just think that you know, the, when you guys were talking about it, I just – for some reason, that show hit hit me as a as a show that – I couldn't see any reason why that couldn't be an all minority cast. Yeah, um, and I think I, I think that we're going to see theaters in this area do that. I agree. Give a bit different perspective because, I mean, let's be real: white humor and black humor are like two different sure things. And it would be so funny. I think it would be hysterical to see a black version of Noises Off because, you know. 
the the we have different beats, different right. actors. Um, and you know, I I don't think I think theaters just never thought about it, and I think they're just going to be a lot more open to that and a lot more open I, to I the totally opportunities. Um, so I, you know, but I think I'm you guys were a part of that. I think you guys doing what you did and showing everyone how the other side, I don't even want to say the other side, but how that group of people felt about what they had seen and what they had heard from, from, you know, well-intentioned people mm-hmm. who just don't understand where you guys are coming from all the yeah. time. And I think that, that will definitely, I think, really spark a change in this area that I think we need. And hopefully all over the country because I, I do think the arts are very, very important. And I think that making sure everyone feels at home in the arts, because I've always looked at theater, especially as sort of a, a, a high school for kids that weren't accepted in high school. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we all feel like outcasts and then we meet other outcasts and for the outcasts to feel like outcasts among outcasts. Yeah. It, it, that's just not the way it should be. And mm-hmm. I think uh, I want to thank you for for doing what you did. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Of course. Is, is if you wanted someone to get in touch with you, is there any way they could do that, or would you rather not? We can do your email, oh, Twitter, gosh. whatever. Yeah, um, you can contact me on Facebook. It's Christopher K R I S T O F E R Parker. I'm usually the only one that shows up. Yeah. <laughs> and then my Instagram is just Christopher Parker, just straight through. Um, you can contact me on there. Those are like the two social medias I hang out on the most. And you can email me, ChristopherJP at gmail.com. Um, I'd be happy to talk to anyone. Um, you know, a lot of people have been. I've been getting emails from the like the most random people, <laughs> like that I, you know I don't know a lot of these people that's been emailing me from this forum, and I'm like literally still going through all the Facebook messages and well, emails. I, I thank you for taking the time to to message me back. I I knew you'd been a busy guy lately, so I really appreciate you giving me the time to talk to you about it, and I appreciate your honesty, and I I just hope that that uh, this is how the conversation keeps going, and and people like me uh, who feel like we've been listening for a long time can start listening better i'll put it yeah. that way. yeah thank you for having me i you know I, i'm you know a lot of you know you know i've been saying it too like i hope that people but i think i'm going to change it to like i look forward to the change that is going to come well um, you know it's always it's, dark it's before the dawn like they say yes and we got to get out of the rona first so it's gonna yeah happen. that's true too <laughs> well i know you're a busy dude I will let you go, but uh, again, thank you so much. We hope uh, you have enjoyed this episode. We hope you're enjoying the season, and we hope you guys look forward to more of this type of episode because uh, I'm planning on doing a lot because um, I think there are a lot of perspectives that need to be heard. So we will see you guys at some point because I don't know when this episode's coming out or when an episode is coming out afterwards. So, But uh, look for an episode like this again. And also, if you want to email us, lucky10,000 at Gmail, with any suggestions for future seasons, we would love to hear about it. Not to mention our Twitter, lucky underscore 10K, Facebook group page, lucky10,000 podcast. Thanks again, Christopher. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000 with your host, Evan. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k.